Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, so this will be old news by the time this is all edited and comes out and everything. Um, but I, I did want to talk about it because it is new for us and it's kind of fresh. Uh, what's going on with Warhammer Quest Cursed City? Um, the box appears to be a limited run. Uh, people are upset about it. I, you know, like that's rightfully so. Um, but at the same time, I want to hear everybody's thoughts on it because I, I'm very iffy on this. <laughs> well, I have not been super paying much attention to it because, like, when they announced it, I saw, you know, I mean, obviously it's a very impressive box set, like lots of miniatures, but also that's just not something that I'm particularly interested in right now. So I haven't really had my finger on this pulse. Um, from what I mostly understand, uh, it sold out very quickly, as all of these things have been doing since, you know, the pandemic Lovato started. I do want to point out that they did sell out very quickly online. There seems to be stock at a lot of local game stores still. So that's probably where you can get it. If you don't want to buy scalped prices, that's yes and no. Yes and no. There, there, there have been a number of sources, supposedly like stores have ordered and some stores have not received their orders. So for example, my, my store ordered eight copies and we got eight copies. Another uh, YouTube channel, their store is on the west coast we're on the east coast obviously um but on the west coast they ordered 20 copies and not a single copy has reached their store yet and now games workshop is saying oh go to your local stores we shipped them all to the stores we have nothing in stock <laughs> um so this is like this is this is a cluster f is what this is mm. on top of that when this box set was originally talked about they hyped it up for only a couple weeks uh, mostly with uh, revealing miniatures, which got me hooked on it because I didn't care about the game; I cared about the miniatures. They uh, they reassured people that this was not a limited edition game. This was supposed to be an evergreen game. It was going to be a permanent assortment to uh, the Warhammer Quest line, and it was going to be available forever until they did a new edition of the game or something different. So now, all of a sudden, it's all, everything is quiet. It's kind of weird is how they pulled all the marketing and everything like that for it too, which I, I find strange. All their marketing was done in advance until the week before it went live was like their last update. And now they've said nothing since it went live. There's been no, it's out in the wild. Here it is. Um, all of their gameplay videos, all of their painting tutorials, all of their reveals were all done in one batch two months ago and then released and then that was it done so i've heard some rumors about it i've heard complications from brexit covid you know problems the supply chain all that that doesn't tell me why they would start like a strict let's stop making it we're never gonna print this again you know because they they did the same for indominus they stopped printing it they said you know We've got COVID problems, upcoming Brexit issues, da 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 da, and then they finally, because of enough outcry, they they re-released the box, and I think it might be a permanent box at this point. It's a permanent on-demand box, but Indominus, when it came out, they specifically said that it was going to be a limited run, and then they didn't expect so many people to buy into it. They specifically said that this was an evergreen product that was not go that was going to be a permanent addition to the Warhammer Quest series, and that this box would be available. I mean, they're, 
I don't have them on me right now, but I could I could direct you to a YouTube channel where they have screen captures of um, GW back in January and February, promising people that there'd be plenty of boxes, it would be available in perpetuity, and that this was going to be an evergreen product. And so we we actually have screen captures of uh, Warhammer, Age of Sigmar, whoever runs that account, saying, don't worry to the community. And then they stopped all stuff on the community site weeks ago. No more stuff Yeah, the Warhammer community Twitter posted, and I quote, Cursed City is sold out on gamesworkshop.com, and we are not expecting it to return online. Many copies have been sent to local stores across the world. Please check with your local Warhammer store or independent retailer to see if they can help. Okay, and then you're saying like some stores didn't even get their their stuff. Uh, so I found one. I found one YouTube channel. Um, it's called uh -huh. Hobby Night. The woman there was talking about how she's a purchaser for a big store, and I believe they ordered twenty boxes and they didn't get any, not a single one. Because my store on the East Coast got every copy we ordered. Jane, what's what's going on in your head about all this? I don't know. It seems it seems to me like there's been uh, probably some some unaccounted for difficulties on the GW end. It just sucks that they're not being more transparent about it, because like if, as you know, Kurt was saying, this was intended to be a product that was supposed to be available forever. And now they're implying that that's not the case. That says to me that there have been some difficulties that they weren't anticipating, either with, you know, supply chain or shipping or just something. And I wish they or maybe they just made a mistake, uh, which seems like something that they would have caught sooner. But, you know, like the, the guy who said it was supposed to be available forever was just wrong. <laughs> you know, again, that seems like a really stupid thing to happen. But we all know GW is not the best at, uh, you know, fact-checking and proofreading their own codexes so that, that could reflect also into pr um i just just in general i wish they would be more communicative with you know their their fan base and customers because it it sucks when stuff like this happens they've made great progress from what they used to be however yeah. there's still Absolutely. a they, lot they, of work to do they are much better now at communication but this particular event the communication has been yeah horrible i think that's the bigger problem if they just said hey covid the suez canal production didn't oh, yeah. we'll we'll get we'll get you later we're sorry about the shortage don't worry instead they're like yeah every, everything's gone to heck talk to your local stores we're Audi. bye and that, that's all they did like it's the worst communication a company has done and, and they've they've done so much work in the last i'd say four or five years to to get their reputation better yep. with communication i just can't believe that they uh that they would drop the ball this yeah badly. it's pretty bad well and also just like the the passing of the buck too is what really irritates me about it essentially just saying well talk to your local stores like sorry about it oh uh, I, I don't read that as passing the buck i i, I almost see that like um like they're trying to be nice because they're like hey go to local stores and get it at a local store don't try to buy it online so as someone running a store i'm like i kind of like that because i have four <laughs> copies i have four copies sitting on my shelf anyone wants them come into my store i will sell you a copy <laughs> fair i had i hadn't considered that angle <laughs> a lot of a lot of games workshop stuff seems to be like just poached by scalpers just the instant it goes live reading this they're saying that cursed city sold out online in two hours after it went up for pre-order that's 
really fast. Like one of the things I'm really concerned about is that with Indomitus, did they actually learn the proper lesson in that they should make more and have larger stocks of things? Or did they learn the lesson that FOMO, fear of missing out, drives sales really hard? And now they're going to do this kind of BS where they sit on a thing and say, no, it's not coming back. It's not coming back until people demand enough for it to come back. And it's just another wing of their marketing. That's one of the more cynical things I've heard some some people saying. I, I don't necessarily know if that's true, but it, it's just I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned for, for GW on that. I'm, I'm going to say yes and no. No, they didn't learn their lesson because they keep doing too small a run on things. Well, well hold on, because I could blame you. the small run stuff on COVID manufacturing. We could simply say that that's the problem right now. We don't know how they're going to be once manufacturing's back at full speed. They have said in their own press releases, we didn't know there'd be so much demand. Except the last five products you put out, you have sold out and you have not made your demand. So... Saying it five times in a row, we didn't know people would want this so badly, is just, it, it's, it's, it's ringing hollow. On the flip side, going to the, the scalper thing, Indomitus was the first time that GW stood up and actually attacked scalpers and fought for the community. And I applauded them then, and I, I definitely applaud them now. Because you know what they did about on, um, on eBay, right? You know what they did to scalpers. No, actually. Oh yeah, when, when Indominus went up, when it sold out and everyone was like, oh, it's a limited set, we're not making any more, scalpers were selling it at like double and triple the price. Well, GW went onto eBay and copyright struck every single image that had their product and say, oh, that's our product and someone else is selling it. So they copyright struck 300 or so scalpers in one day, shut down those um, eBay sales, and then immediately press release that Indominus was going to go on demand and that they would make an extra batch for in time for Christmas. And that from that point forward, if anyone wanted Indominus, it would not be limited anymore. And that was all in basically like a two or three day period. They shut down scalpers, made another batch run, and then announced that it was on demand. Like mm -hmm. They didn't learn from the sellout. They... They have made some strides yeah. in trying to save face with the community. I wonder how much this also has to do with profit margins, too. I don't know. I'm, I'm of a mixed mind about this. I haven't really thought this through before I started talking, because I was just thinking, like, you know, obviously you don't want to have a whole bunch of stuff sitting around. I know that the way GW makes their molds takes a lot of money to upstart, and I'm just wondering, like, how much they are driven by, you know, a mentality of we don't want to have all this stock sitting around that no one wants. But at that point, why not make all of these in-demand boxes like in a made-to-order format? Yeah, like why know? not make most of most of the GW stuff made to order almost? I mean, we're we're entering a level of 3D printing that that is nearly matching their plastic sculpts, and you know those are all on demand. Everybody, you could print your own stuff. They got they've got to really like adapt to that too, and it's not easy for them. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump down their throat and be like, oh, you should figure this out already because there's a lot of stuff happening in this world i know that brexit is a big thing i know that they wanted to print like the books for indominus i believe the the second printing and all the reprint ones were printed in china instead of at their um headquarters in england i i don't know exactly why if that has to do with brexit or anything like that i know that there has been talk that that's an issue so what i do see from them though to kind of get around that is that they have some like manufacturing places in other countries maybe the molds for this game are only in the uk they didn't make a lot of molds for them i don't know 
thing with injection molds is they're um they're super high to get them tooled but once they're tooled you make your money by literally running millions of components through them so i could see like stocking issues but once you have the molds you might as well just make them until no one you know until they yeah that's true that's how you get the most money (laughs) yeah there's no reason to stop and then the gw kind of put themselves into um they painted themselves into a corner because they were getting their ip stolen so much instead their kits being like really easy and customizable they started putting them into like locked poses or like really weird things where you have to put like the neck on a figure before you can put the head on a figure and little tiny bits that you have to put into uh minis now that's just to stop people from um from copying and stealing their molds but to me it just seems that there's no reason to do a limited set unless you really think it won't sell like the original limited sets when they brought back space hulk blood bowl necromunda and um they were going to bring back battlefleet gothic oh blood bowl is now a permanent game because there was so much demand necromunda is a, a permanent game because there's demand space hulk they only brought back as the you know the special edition and that's it that's the only one that stayed limited and they still haven't brought back um, Battlefleet Gothic because they went online. It works better as a video game than it does as a, a miniature game. They, they, every time they say they're going to do something limited, it's, it's because it's something that they really do believe will be low demand. And it, it's failed and it became permanent. <laughs> so I, I don't get I don't understand why a company would do a limited model when you make all your money by running thousands and millions of, of sprues. They make their money just piling up sprues. So just do it. If you're gonna expect something to be very like we 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 have this amount of stock, not a lot of people are gonna buy it. Da da da. So why push the marketing so hard? Because they did. I mean, like it, it it's not like it was marketed for a very long time, but it was pushed very hard. There were new models like shown from the box like every week, building up to this. Um, there, there's a lot. There's a lot going on with it they, they sent out promotional items to stores there's little lithographs and pens I, I haven't seen that kind of advertising from games workshop in the past they didn't have that for indominus there's no indominus pens I, i'm like literally looking at a cursed city promo pen right now well what the heck <laughs> i gave it to you yes you did i gave it to you yes i know um yeah i i, I have no clue like i said it just uh, something happened something happened that we're not getting told and uh, we can all speculate whether it's Brexit, COVID, um, some production snafu, maybe a licensing thing, something, something happened. But instead of even just giving us a plausible lie, they just went completely silent. And because of their silence, exactly. we're now spending our time we talking have like about 20 it. minutes of just sitting here talking about it. So that's, uh, um, I'm going to get some final thoughts from Jane on this one because we didn't get a lot from Jane through this whole thing. And then we're going to move on to our next topic. All right. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking now, like, I even wish, like, I don't even, I don't even need a plausible lie. I mean, but again, I'm not like, I'm not one of the people who's really been out of shape about not getting one of these. I would just love an acknowledgement that, you know, yes, we said these things and we're trying to, we're trying to figure out our way around some problems that we didn't anticipate. Like even just a, a very broad statement like that, I think would be a really great thing for the community to hear. But, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, GW is the one with the uh, basic monopoly on here, so we just gotta kind of gotta yeah, yeah. play by their rules. And we're back. Next topic. Next topic. <laughs> yes. So I want to hear fails and wins. Next. When he fails and wins, such a week. Next. So <laughs> we're gonna oh, we're gonna start week. with some wins, Kurt. 
had my fail ready. Wins. Win of the week. Um, oh, skip me for now. Okay. Come back to me on a win. Go ahead. Okay. Man. I mean, I, I can go. Uh, I'm just, I'm really happy with the way that I have, I'm happy with my technique for applying white. And I've just become very proud of that this week. So uh, applying smooth white is something that I know a lot of people struggle with because uh, it can get chalky. And I found my solution uh, via YouTube. I forget which channel I was watching that uh, suggested this to me. But essentially, I just will take... Uh, I've been using Corax White and then shading it afterwards. But essentially, all I'll do is uh, you know, thin it down with some Lamian Medium. And then I will just paint layers until I can no longer see brush strokes. And uh, it just ends up with a really you know nice, nice smooth white finish. And then... Throwing the uh, apothecary white technical paint on there, I don't know. It just makes it just makes it nice and and clean in a way that makes my heart sing. And uh, I've chosen a custom color scheme for my Marines that has white helmets, arms, and backpacks. Which that was before I knew the uh, ins and outs of painting and knew what a pain in the ass that would be. But I have found my way around it, and it's a little tedious, but it's nice. And that's my win for the week. That's awesome. I'll I'll do my win right now. Um, I, I'm feeling good that I'm getting to a point in my painting that I'm comfortable enough that I could get the red on my Blood Angels down. Um, I'm doing my Incursor Squad. Painted 10 of them with red highlighted. And I have the little skulls on their chests painted white now. All in all took like two and a half hours, which is for me just very quick. And uh, I, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, how quick you can get stuff done when you know what you're looking for in your paints. So that's my win. Kurt, what's your win? So the reason why I, I was discombobulated is that originally my win was going to be talking about Curse City, but we talked about Curse City to begin with. Because, yeah, I, I built a whole bunch of minis from Curse City. That was like, yeah. I've been working on a, um, a, a Call of Cthulhu campaign, and I decided that I wanted to do it all in minis. And I'm supposed to, uh, supposed to put together the first game sooner rather than later. My win is that I have been powering through just like, all right, I'm going to do 12 cultists today. And like, I've done assembly prime and completely painted in like one sitting 12 cultists. And that was like the red cult. And then the other day I did the yellow cult and I've been doing that for the last two weeks and now have home trays filled with enemies. And I, I feel like I'm in a really good place. It's like, I forgot who it might be. One of you two uh, mentioned like painting one mini a day, every day for the year. So 360 minis a year. And I was like, Oh, I never thought about it that way. So I am well ahead of the game. Like I've just been pumping out anywhere from five to 20 minis a week for the last couple of weeks while finishing school, writing and working. So you just that's got a powerhouse good. over here. That's yeah. super impressive. Yeah. And that's not counting the, the the stuff I paint for the train company. I, I, I've been painting batches of 60 figures for them at the same time. <laughs> I know I definitely was not the one who recommended the miniature a day thing because that's damn near impossible for me. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, it, it might have been Chris who is not here, but uh, uh, someone in our, our little uh, Discord community is like, oh, I'm... I have a goal of one mini a day every day for a year. So if I get five done, you know, it's most of the week is done. And then that cetera, sounds, I just move on. I do them in batches. That sounds like off. a Sandy initiative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does actually. So I, I feel like he's the only painter, you know, that's, that's prolific enough on our discord to, to make that a reality. 
I mean, with the exception of you, Kurt, like obviously I know you crank it out for the trade company, but uh, yeah. you know, so Sand, Sand is the only, you know, the, the one who doesn't get paid to do it, who I think would probably do that. <laughs> I mean, like I, I don't paint for armies. I paint like, so I'll, sometimes I'll paint a whole unit, an army I'm not building, but right. I do things in batches and like, I just did a whole bunch of rat swarms and a couple individual characters. That's what I've been working on lately. Nice. All right. So Kurt, you had your fail ready already. So let's hear it. My fail is ridiculous because I don't understand what happened. <laughs> now, last podcast, we, we talked about how you uh, put your brushes on a, stick them to your uh, lights or uh, leave them flat on the desk to let them dry. I have a, I, I leave them flat on my desk to dry. And then once they're dry, I put them in a rack point up. That's I, I have hundreds of brushes all in a rack point up. I have two brushes that are my main go-tos, both sable hair, both beautiful, both been working great all year. This morning, I get to my desk, I sit down, I reach over for my number one and my number zero. Both of them had the bristles 90 degrees bent to the side. I'm like, how? How? There's nothing resting on them. There's nothing resting against them. They weren't pushing. They were just up in the rack, no brushes within an inch of them, both 90 degrees to the left. And I'm like, oh my. I don't get it. I saved both of them, though. So I should have put that as my win, how I saved brushes, but then... You know, I kind of would have my save that, and then my. That's scary, you know, man. I I, I, I can I tell you with the with what I was saying last week. I do store my brushes upright usually or sideways in my because on top of my palette there's a little brush rack. When you do the drying of the brushes part, hanging them upside down or or laying them flat is better than letting them dry right side up. But once they're dry, you can put them wherever you want and whatever you want. My my idea of that was that hopefully you won't have like a collective of crap that gets lodged in the ferrule after drying and whatever was left on the brush if like I clean my brushes very well but let's say some pigment is left on that brush cleaning it letting it hang it's just going to whisk out now when I rinse the brush real quick before I use it because it's all it should all be down on the hairs instead of like getting stuck and clogged in the ferrule Th that's my thought of it I I don't know how well the science is but it seems to work pretty well I've had no real problems with my brushes I also put that little plastic thing on top of them after they're dry so that they don't ever if they fall or get hit that won't happen just on the nice brushes half of mine have that i i lose those plastic things over time so i only have a few with the plastic uh protectors yeah i'd only keep it on the nice ones i uh i have made replacements out of just drinking straws before i don't know how thick your handles are but depending depending on the paintbrush itself just like you know get a box of drinking straws for like a dollar and then you can clip off a length to protect your, your brush tips. Just a tip. Just a tip. <laughs> Just a tip. I have a shirt that says that. <laughs> it's a painting related shirt. So Jane, oh, yeah, it's, it's a hobby Jane, shirt. what's your fail for the week? So I believe I mentioned last week I've been, uh, I've been assembling the Drakari half of the piety and pain box that, uh, Mike and I split. And, uh, I set in on the venom yesterday. Um, I just, I love the Drukhari vehicle aesthetic, especially. I love the combination of like pointy and swoopy. I think they're so cool. And as I was assembling the uh, twin splinter rifle that goes on the underbelly of it, I was a little careless with my mold line remover. And I ended up accidentally just fully slicing off the very end of the barrel, oh, no. one of the guns. 
Um, just just because of you know those those so the splinter cannons they've got like a little nub on them and like I knew that was part of the gun or just uh, and uh, I I really doubt anyone will notice but that's like on the first group of Indominus Necrons that I got I accidentally snipped off a couple toes but I know so I know the feeling <laughs> yeah it's about a half footed. Um, <laughs> I mean, it it, it kind of works with the crons though, because like depending on your look, they're you know they can be all beat to hell. So anyway, that's that's my Major. fail of the week. My my plea to everyone out there is you know just just be extra careful with your mold lines, especially when you're when you're dealing with little fiddly bits. Don't make the mistakes that I've made be better. So uh, Mike, now that we did our fails, what's your fail of the week? <laughs> uh, my my fail of the week is. Um, it relates to not being on top of model storage as much as I should be. Right now, all of my Necrons are magnetized to baking sheets. You know, their bases are magnetized to baking sheets. But the baking sheets aren't in any box or anything like that right now to keep them. Because I'm still looking for a box to fit them in. I, I managed to make a cool box for my Space Marines, but not my Crons yet. And there's a lot of them. And they're just out. So I have my... My buddy over, actually, uh, Chris, um, to make a to make a magic deck, and uh, I was just moving stuff around in the living room, and crash bang, and yeah, we had to glue a couple of the flayed ones back together. We had to like a bunch of the the magnets came off of the bases. Um, yeah, there, there it was it was pretty bad. It like I was furious. And, uh, but everything was fixed and it was all fixable, but like, that's really like, I still have to, to learn the lesson that I'm going to try and impart on my fail lesson. And that's store your minis in a safe place. <laughs> I was going to say that that's not a fail. That's a nightmare. <laughs> yes. Uh, please, uh, keep your minis cool and dry and out of direct sunlight and, uh, out don't of feed the them after disasters. midnight. Don't get them wet. And don't feed them after midnight. Oh, did we just do that at the oh. same time? <laughs> yeah, I was like, don't feed them after midnight. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, there's a little bit of lag, but I'm oh, sure yeah. you'll be able to sing oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna impose the Mogwai ruling on our miniatures, maybe we should get them wet because then they'll <laughs> multiply, and uh, you know, we all we all know yeah, how expensive this you... gets. If you try uh, and yeah. do that with your like space marines, they come out all chaosy. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's how. Uh, that's how Bed and the Despoiler started. One space marine got a little wet. I, I listened to it, and it was in one of the books. <laughs> yeah, that's that is Black Library canon. That's lore. That's yeah, lore. it's lore. Absolutely. <laughs> Moving into our ongoing segment of product placements not sponsored um also known as tool time um <laughs> sorry uh, let's start with jane do you have anything yeah so um i mean my uh my tool for this week is uh less a physical tool and more a learning tool in my journey to uh paint efficiently and uh you know, learn how to airbrush like many people I've turned to YouTube. And uh, one of the videos and channels that I have particularly been enjoying is um, uh, Dana Howell's video on underpainting for beginners, which uh, 
Yeah, I mean, first of all, I just thoroughly enjoy her aesthetic. She has a lot of dry <laughs> humor, um, and she is very well educated as far as art goes. So I feel like, you know, when you are on her channel, you're getting a lot of like good color theory um, in addition to like miniature specific technique. And her guide to underpainting was really instrumental in me cutting down the amount of time that I have to spend on my convoluted marine <laughs> color scheme. Because uh, even though I was saying I, I have to, you know, so I have to go in and do all these layers on the armor because, you know, that's it's white. But the rest of the minis I can get done pretty quickly. And that's entirely thanks to stuff that I learned on her channel. And also it was kind of amusing that I was already planning on uh, plugging Dana today. And then Kurt mentioned the, you know, paint a mini every day. Uh, so on on Dana's Instagram, she's got a hashtag, which is hobby every day. So she doesn't try and finish a figure a day. But what she does try to do is spend at least a half an hour on something hobby related every day. And that can be like, you know, building something, painting something, working on basing. But I just I think that's a really great attitude to take like even if it can only be a half an hour to just carve out a little bit of time every day for your hobby i think it's good you know for reducing backlog and also just for your brain space like take a little time for yourself every day you know that's a really good idea yeah so that that's my that's my tool tip my tool time for this week dana howell on youtube and instagram she rules kurt what do you got for me my product of the week uh we were talking earlier about taking care of our brushes because our brushes are expensive uh brush soap um, as much as um, I used to use the Masters all the time because I love the smell of it. It smells like lemons. Um, my favorite go-to brush soap is Gentastic's Drunken Brush Goop, which is from MonumentHobbies.com. Um, they make a number of other products, but today we're talking about the Drunken Brush Goop. Uh, this is homemade soap for your brushes. It's all organic. It's all nice. Uh, it smells kind of like yeasty bread, to be honest. Uh, and uh, it's uh, the brush that I broke earlier earlier today remember i mentioned that uh had two brushes that were mm -hmm. bent at 90 degree angles uh what i did was i washed them thoroughly and i washed them with the brush soap and instead of rinsing all the brush soap out i shaped it back into a point and let the brush soap dry so that it kept mm -hmm. your the brush at a point now uh if, if if our listeners are new to sable brushes if you go out and buy high-end sable brushes they actually have starch in the bristles so the bristles are actually hard to a point. So you can't actually use that brush immediately. You have to wash your brush mm -hmm. when you buy it. You get it home, you you wash it, you get all the starch out of there, you put brush soap in it to condition it, rinse it out, and now that brush is ready to wash. Or, sorry, ready to use. Um, and then at the end of every session, you should wash your brush, brush soap, and then shape the brush back into a point, let it dry, Again, before you start brushing, give it a rinse to make sure there's no brush soap still in there. It, it needs to become a habit, but um, Fantastic's Drunken Brush Scoop is um, is fantastic. And the name is actually from a, a joke from their Twitch channel, so it, it'll make sense when you see the container. <laughs> uh, I want to point out that it is temporarily out of stock on the website, but uh, it'll probably come back soon. Like I said... They make it in their own home, so they have to yeah. make batches. For, for my product, I got to say, like, magnets. 
man get some magnets so even if you don't want to do them for like magnetizing subassembly kind of thing um they you should use them magnetize your bases put them on a tray it's much better than foam they don't slide around it also adds a nice like weight to the base of the model too so it feels better and they're less likely to tip over personally i started using magnets on the bottom of my bases with super glue uh that's very messy i can't remember who recommended it or if i just figured it out i now use green stuff i think it was brent from Goobertown hobbies i love that guy but I, I think he's the one who told me to use green stuff to put the magnets on. You will notice that every now and then the green stuff will fall off uh, with the magnet in it. Uh, that's It's rare, but it does happen. You can just super glue it back on um, and it, it'll be fine. And it's a lot easier than managing the magnets otherwise. So the magnets that I would recommend using, you can get the ones from Army Painter, but you don't need like neodymium magnets for bases you can use cheap ceramic magnets or whatever magnets as long as it's enough to hold the model to a metal sheet if you're gonna use those sheets of magnetic paper though because i know duncan Rhodes put up a video about that you do need stronger magnets on your bases to stick to those sheets because they are not very magnetic by themselves that that's my uh that's my stuff excellent magnets magnets yeah if you Green stuff and glue goes together really well. Like if you use the glue while it's while it's still wet and you're pushing it in there, it pretty much insta bonds mm -hmm. to uh, green stuff. That's good to know. What uh what glue would you use for that? Just like super glue? CA, CA. Yeah, okay. CA. Also, if you're cool, if you're cool. doing um if you're doing resin with CA, you can uh have a, a tray with some baking soda, and if you put the baking soda into the CA. It instantly hardens it and gap oh, wow. fills. Like a lot of guys who build um, garage models, which are usually like anime chicks, or if you build uh, <laughs> Gundam knockoff models, which are basically resin cast, non-licensed gu Gundam models, um, a lot of those guys will um, put the glue in there and then they fill it with we, the baking soda. You could also sand we it. Necessarily, we, we don't necessarily condone these people. We're just mentioning them because that's what they do. I mean, they're not always all knockoff models, but a lot of them are not licensed or they're like, it's a special version of a licensed model. So therefore it like skirts the law, but I don't know how Asian law works yeah. for that stuff. So in America, you'd have problems, but this is all stuff overseas. So look, if somebody wants to build an unlicensed statue of their waifu, far be it from me to tell them <laughs> not. So I, you know, like I know I got on a whole like roll about CA glue and super glue and you just be careful when buying glues if you buy so i bought the the single use those little tiny packets of gorilla glue it's not ca glue so it doesn't work with like a bonding agent and especially or at, you know the the quick dry agents so i'd stay away from regular gorilla glue it does not seem to work that well on models. Personally, I just haven't had much luck with it. Hmm. Yeah, because Gorilla Glue is not... Unless it's Gorilla CA Glue, then that's... You know, but if it's just Gorilla Glue, it's their own proprietary thing, and it doesn't... It, it works well for, like, everything but what I was trying to use it for. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I imagine what it works best for is gluing gorillas to each other, which... 
to be fair. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that very often, but I imagine for people who are, it's great. <laughs> you know, get them all foamed up there. <laughs> no, you, you definitely need to know your glues and you need to learn your interactions of materials. Like, you know, I do miniatures that are plastic, um, metal, and um, resin. I like liquid cement, but liquid cement is only good on ABS plastic. You can't use it on Restic. You can't use it on, um, yeah, you know, like the the plastic that's used for uh, pawns or playing pieces in most board games. And you can't use it on, um, uh, you know, on the metal or the uh, resin. So I have to have like five different glues on my desk just to make sure I have the right glue for the right job. It's very important. And you gotta worry about how things interact. If you use the wrong, you know, wrong paint on top of each other, they'll peel. Uh, our friend Chris was having that problem where he used uh, he used the primer, and all the primer came off the metal because he was using a. It was too on much. Top of it. Um, it I think just... he was accidentally applying too much uh, varnish. That's the thing about varnish, varnish eats paint. Eating... If you put too much of it, it will just eat the paint. Yep, you use the wrong varnish, and it's reactivating the primer, and the primer would yeah, peel there you all the go. paint off. And what a terrible thing to happen, like, at your end step, too. Like, you put all this work into a model, and you just overdo on the varnish, yep. and it just, just disintegrates oh. right in front of you. Varnish terrible. is terrible. always a, it's always a crapshoot, because you, uh, like, if the weather's wrong, you could frost your mini. If there's too much moisture in the air, you could, like, gloop up mm -hmm. your mini. So, yeah, be careful. It's crazy. Crazy products. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I have not ventured into the world of varnish yet, because I'm I'm afraid of of messing up my, my dudes in that way. What I can say, um, that works really well. Uh, but I, I you know, like it's, you gotta be careful with it. Cause I did frost a mini once with it is the, the Munitorum varnish from games workshop. It's a lovely satin varnish. So it keeps the, the satin look of the GW paints, the spray nozzles of all their new cans have been really good. So you get a nice even spray on it. I know Kurt was telling me, and I have a small can of the Tester's Matte Varnish. Um, I, I, oh, yeah. I, I'm yeah, a little, yeah. I, I get a little stuff. concerned with it, and I also, you know, am not a huge fan of a super matte look. Um, also, you know, a little more gloss adds a little more protection, but it's fine. You just like Kurt was saying, you really, really have to be careful. I think probably the best way to do varnish is via airbrush. I tried to apply varnish in the past with a brush. It clumps too much. It just does not apply as evenly as it needs to be. So I, I thoroughly recommend like if you have an airbrush, that's probably going to be the better way to do it because you get to control your environment a little bit better than with spray. Yeah, I, I still swear like I don't I don't seal all my models. I really should. But um, yes, the testers dull coat it's lacquer. It's oh, not yeah, really what... varnish. It's lacquer. That stuff. Oh, it, I see. I like a real matte finish to a lot of things. And then, you know, if I need something glossy, I'll do the gloss over. So, like, if I have, like, glass or a canopy or something like that, then I, I will paint on, um, I'll brush on whatever I, like, hard coat or, uh, in my case, if I want a gloss finish, what I usually use is, uh, I, you know, I'll save that for the next time we do a product placement. Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. <laughs> we went through too yeah. many already. Well, it's nice. And, you know, like this whole time I've kind of been perusing the Monument Hobbies website and they've got a lot of good stuff. Like there's there's some Kalinsky Sable brushes for very, very like reasonable prices. Those are the brushes I was using that 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 bent on me. Yeah, yeah. I love his brushes. Slow Fuse's brushes are great. Even his synthetic stuff is really good. He has a bunch of synthetic brushes that I've I've killed. I've literally yeah. destroyed them. I just keep buying My new sets, but... Uh. That's, my that's my whole it, thing know. is that if I can get a Kalinsky Sable brush, and this is as of recording, prices 
can change and everything like that. I see it for like a size two for eleven dollars. That's really good. Um, and his size two is closer to a size one in um in okay. Winter Newton. So that's actually like the perfect size then. And what it, I was uh, just getting at with that is like if you if you can get a cheaper Kolinsky Sable brush, um, it, it's it won't be as mentally challenging for me to like work up the want to use it for capillary action and all that other stuff that synthetic brushes just don't have as nice um, control with if like because i don't want to use like a contrast paint or like a uh like a really harsh wash because the gw washes all have weathering stuff in them or just like severe matte i don't know what it is but it, it it's hell on brushes so you got to be careful i'm gonna tell you right now that i'm using Two, one, and zero Kalinsky Sable brushes from Slow Fuse, from what you're looking at right now. And I paint contrast with them. I paint um, GW mix, like everything. There's not a single thing I don't use these brushes for. And I have like $40 and $50 Windsor Newton Series 7's Kalinsky Sables, and I don't even use them anymore. I just use yeah, because I've, I've been thoroughly enjoying my Raphael 8404s and 8408s for what they're used. 8408s are very specific use, but they're good. I have a few of those as well. Yep. Yeah. Got some Raphaels. I like them. interesting to hear. So, yeah, we'll have to take a look at that. Yeah, these look great. I'm on I'm there now, too. Now too, guys. He's good people, too. Uh, if you guys want to, like, learn airbrushing, um, he has a YouTube, but the YouTube is just cutting clips from his um, his Twitch channel, but his Twitch channel is uh, Blow Fuse Gaming at Twitch TV. Great guy. I want to say three days a week he's on there, and I've learned a lot. And he does a lot of the underpainting stuff too. Like he'll do all of his values in like whites and grays on the uh, in the primer coat. Then he paints really, really ultra thin glazes over a whole like black and white undercoat. Nice. It's, it's good work. It's good work. Yeah, we'll definitely have to check that out. So thanks for joining us, everybody. It was uh, it was great to talk this week and, and hear how everything's been doing. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us. Yeah, the link's in the description. <laughs> link's below. It's below somewhere. But <laughs> yeah, like, if you want to if you wanna suggest topics or anything like that, by all means. I mean, we've got plenty to go through still, but you know, if, if a suggestion is, is warranted, then cool. But thank you for listening, everybody, and we hope you have a great week hobbying. Thank you for coming. Watch your mold lines. <laughs>